Hello and welcome to another episode of the Cricket and the King podcast, the podcast where Jesus is the answer to everything and we are constantly expanding on that point. Today we're going to be doing the second installment of Conversations with Katie, my lovely wife. Say hello, Katie. Hello. She's back, folks. She's back for numero dos. Today we don't really have an agenda, do we? We're going to be talking about relationships and our relationship and how we make things work <laughs> making it work doing what you're able okay so you didn't you didn't tune in to hear me sing random songs from what is that the 80s <laughs> uh so we're without further ado let's let's talk about it we kind of did we tell the story of how we met yeah did we in the first one yeah we went over the entire story of how we met mm-hmm. Okay, so we met, and then we got married at the ripe age of 19. But what would you say to the folks that are like, you guys got married young, I should get married young too? Uh, I would say it's probably not for everybody. Uh, It was definitely for us. We did not make a mistake. We definitely stand by our decision, but yeah, there's definitely things you have to have in place, I think, before you get married. Yeah, like like laying your life down, mm. kind of that mentality of dying to self, you know, it comes through the Christian faith over and over and over. Also, just being responsible. Like if you live with your parents um, and you expect, or if you've always had your mom cook for you and clean up after you and you're like, I'm just going to go get myself a wife, <laughs> that's probably not, you know, a great place to start a marriage. <laughs> Yeah, I I can't even think of how many friends I've had be like, I just need a wife to help me. It's like, dude, you're such a slob. Like, <laughs> if you were if you were married, you would have somebody who just hates you. You so if you are gonna get married, make sure you're a clean and high functioning person before you. And I mean, I wasn't that clean and high functioning, but I had this blessing of a roommate that taught me how to not be a train wreck and wash my sheets. I feel like men don't wash their sheets enough. That's probably just like a universal fact. Guys are gross. Guys are gross. <laughs> <laughs> I I would try to be as clean as possible, but you know how it is. Uh, yeah, getting married when you're younger, I think you have to have a pretty solid sense of self and also know that the other person won't complete you. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's actually probably one of the biggest misconceptions in relationships is that like, Oh, I'm going to find a wife and I'm going to be completed. I found actually in this stage of my life, I have uh, a couple people who I run into who don't have what I have, like, you know, single guy. Well, they're not single. They got girlfriends and stuff, but guys that have money and a relationship, but they don't have kids. And they're like, oh, like if only I was married with kids, like my life and purpose would be complete. Mm. But yeah, I, I think especially for women and probably Christian women, honestly, Um, there's just such an expectation to have things in place at a certain time. Um, I remember being at camp and I was the only one in a serious relationship and everybody else had Pinterest boards on what their dream wedding would look like and they had their colors already picked for their wedding for the spouse they didn't even have yet. And it's just this expectation that, you know, you're going to go to Bible school and then you're going to find someone and then you're going to get married. And I'm probably stepping on some toes here. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, if, if 
you know, the first guy that you see when you're in Bible school and your relationship exceeds past the six month mark and you have this expectation that, oh, I'm going to get married when I'm 25. He's the one. And this, this panic season just starts and yeah, like you could be making a huge mistake. Like if you're just blinded by your own expectations that you're not even you know (laughs) making good decisions yeah you like some people just want it so bad that they're willing to forgo the um steps of personal integrity and identity and personal security like you can this is another thing too right i think people throw that verse from paul where he's like i wish you could all be as i am like when he's talking about being single but not all of us have that grace to be single (laughs) and just be like (laughs) totally okay with it i don't (laughs) i have a wife and uh and two lovely children uh and and i really enjoy it but there's there's like extra like paul even says there's extra responsibility extra cares of this world that come with it like it's not like um uh, you know, I have friends that are like, oh no, man, I can't just uproot my life and go somewhere else. It's like, you're a single guy, you know, you could be homeless and probably be fine. Like there's soup kitchens around, you sleep under a tarp, like <laughs> you're, you know, your life is what you make it. But you can't, when you have kids, you can't sleep under a tarp. Like you can't, you can't, uh, you can't just be like, okay, kids, we're following the Lord. And he told me to go to Guatemala with a backpack and faith and like do that. So that's what Paul's talking about when there's the extra cares and stuff. But, but the, the, like, like if you are single, you have to be happy, but that doesn't mean you can't desire to be married. Like that's a health, it's a healthy desire to want to get married. But the thing is, it has to come through the avenue of faith and trust in God. Yeah, and having a spouse or having kids definitely doesn't fix your problems. It doesn't just suddenly whisk those away. In fact, I think it adds to the problem if that's your expectation because suddenly you have an audience of people who are Mm. watching you be irresponsible and undisciplined and just not being a good person. And And if you think you have no time when you're single, wait till you have children then you'll realize how much time you wasted. I think that, I mean, I'm surprisingly, I have less free time now than I did obviously when I was, I, I, I say like a young man, like I'm not still a young man. Like I'm under 25. (laughs) I am a young man, (laughs) but, but, um, I wasted so much time. I use my time. Like, even though I have less time now, I would say I use it more effectively overall. Um, And that's because children make you realize how valuable your time is because they're, you know, they really need you for the eight to nine to 10 to 12 hours. They're awake. (laughs) Well, how ours are awake? Probably only like eight hours a day. Still, we, we, our children are fairly young, so they do a lot of sleeping, but, but, uh, you know, if, if you have those those people with you and your children need something, like having children or having a wife is really not going to fix anything in you. It will, in fact, amplify the problem and you'll probably project your frustration for them not completing you onto them and be mad at them and resent them. And I, I've actually seen that. I'm, I'm Katie and I, we've been married five years now. 
And I've, but I've seen relationships that are shorter than that or longer than that with people that are older or younger, and they've already fallen into, into resentment and they hate the other person or they can't love them because they've tied their identity to them and their security to them and their value to them. And that's so dangerous because they're just a person too. And especially for men to tie their value to their wife or how their, you know, how their wife is or what she's saying about you or feeling like you just can't do that because you're the leader of the house. You set the tone. And so if you're, and I mean, some people listening to this podcast might be like, no, ah, you're equal. I'm not talking about in terms of like value to God or, you know, human value. I'm talking about like, we have different roles. Like men are the leaders of the household. We lead the family. That's biblical. You know, if you're not a Bible person, you're probably not going to agree with that. Um, but it doesn't even mean that, you know, like if Katie made more money than me, that wouldn't absolve me of my leadership. I don't think that's what male leadership in the home is, but you're supposed to lead. So if you're tying your value to your team, then if your team is displeased with your leadership, even if you're leading in a better direction, actually a really practical example of this would probably be money. So if you are saying that we're going to send set these financial goals and we're not going to spend this money and let's say your wife or or let's not rag on wives how about one of your kids really wants something that's expensive and you're like well no i've set these financial goals you can work for your money and make your own money and go get the thing for yourself but this is a parameter that i've set in place that's going to leave us financially better off in the future they're going to be ticked off with you. And if your values held to their opinion of you, like your child's opinion of you, then you're going to be susceptible to giving in to their wishes and in doing so actually leaving them worse off in the end. And when they get to that further down the road place, they're actually going to resent the weakness in your leadership. So you're shooting yourself in the foot before you're even ahead. I, I feel like I've gone off on a bit of a trail, but but uh, it's worth mentioning that you cannot tie your value in relationships, especially. You just can't tie your value to the other person. And I mean, I'm pretty volatile. So in our walk, in our walk with God, like, how has that been for you? Like for, for my volatility and, and you staying faithful, because you've been way more consistent, I would say faith wise than me over the last couple of years, even though I've been more extreme or pushing the bounds of things or whatever. Um, yeah, well, again, it's just not having your identity rooted in that person, like still having roots. And like, I, I'd be upset, sure, like if if Ben wasn't leading our family and I'm like, come on, man, do better. (laughs) But but like I'm still rooted to God. Right. And so, you know, if he's if he's not being the man that I know he is, then, you know, I'm still I'm still following God and like my identity is still in him. And like, I'm still able to follow him and be on the right path because like my identity is rooted in that place, not, you know, what Ben is doing and, you know, what kind of attitude he has. Like, I'm still like trying to remain consistent in like how God sees me and like in my identity in that place. Yeah. 
our value in Christ doesn't go down if our spouse doesn't see us the same way. Um, and that's super important to remember. Also, the way that you, you got to think about your spouse as a gift that you are to take care of and steward, basically. Uh, I can't remember where I heard it, heard it, but if you're both putting in what you feel like is 60 to 70%, the relationship's probably working out okay. But if you're if you're putting in, you know, oh, I do 50% of the stuff, like, no, no, no. It's about, again, the laying down of your life. Like, having kids is a whole nother journey in that. But having a spouse, that's the first step. Like, you're like, okay, I'm going to invest more in this. I will carry more of the load. And if you go in with that attitude, you're actually going to have this really beautiful thing. Because I know in Katie and I's relationship, when I'm in high points or high functioning places, uh, mentally, physically, and spiritually, I'm able to carry more and help Katie uh, if she's ever in a low place. And I know that when I'm in a low place, Katie has really stepped in and you do a ton of stuff like you you know she already does so much um and and she'll she has taken on even more and even though she knows that I'm not in my created value and you will call me higher you and calling people out but criticizing someone and calling someone higher I would say are two different things mm-hmm. and two different attitudes I what what's the real difference in that would you say Well, I think calling someone higher is out of a place of love, right? Like it's seeing someone's created value and calling them to that place. But criticism, I think, is oftentimes from a place of bitterness or even selfishness, Mm. right? Like you, you know, you're probably mad that that person isn't helping or, um, you know, they have a bad attitude. And so suddenly you're criticizing them. Um, instead of coming at them from a place of love and just like wanting them to succeed and be the person that they're supposed to be. Yeah, for sure. That's definitely where it is. It's like coming out of a heart of love. And also, in terms of our relationship and identity with Christ, you can't expect uh, you can't expect to feed off of another person's spirituality. I think that's another important thing we've learned. Um, and I know like you really struggled initially being like, why aren't I like Ben going crazy and praying for people in stores? <laughs> it's not, you know, it's not like praying for people in stores is the highest form of Christianity. That's silly. But there, there is different people have different functions, but we're all to be called higher. We're all to be called to risk as well. So what did that kind of look like for you transitioning in that and then having grace kind of move over that area in your life? Um, well, when you started doing all these things and operating in certain gifts and you just had this boldness that I didn't have, I started feeling really small, like in where I was in my faith, where, you know, the gifting that I've been given and the faith that I have is different. Like it just looks different than what you have. And it doesn't, and it took me a while to realize that, you know, it's not, it's not that, I don't have faith or that I don't have my own gifts. It's just like it looks different than yours and that God works in the place that he sees me. So like he's giving me certain things and um, he operates 
in my faith in that way. And it's going to look so different than yours. And so just being invested in, in where I'm at spiritually and not having that tethered to where you're at spiritually. (laughs) That, that verse, um, you know, they compare themselves by themselves and judge themselves among themselves. And that's no good. Like, like, you know, we don't compare one another spiritually, but we should be calling each other higher. And we have different things to learn. Just because somebody um, struggles in an area where you're strong, it doesn't mean that you're to beat them over the head with that. It actually just means that uh, you're to call them higher. And other people need to have the humility to receive where you're strong. But the most important part of that is you, even if they're not in that place, you need to have the humility to receive where someone else is strong, even if they're not listening to you, because there's something to learn. And this, you know, this sounds harsh to say or whatever, but there's something to learn from the dumbest of people. It doesn't matter if you are way smarter or or, uh, way more successful than somebody. You need to have a humble learning heart. And even if you're learning what not to do, that's still a form of learning. And and that's a form of humility. Um, And also, humility isn't getting walked on. I think that's another thing. There's, you know, the the husbands and wives. Sorry, I'm I'm trying to bring it back to relationships. Going all over the place with this podcast, but but um, the the thing about relationships and and uh, honoring one another and submitting to one another, like it says in the Bible, that's not about getting walked on, um, because healthy boundaries, not boundaries that not. I guess what what would be a good description? Not boundaries like you're setting parameters in which they have to live to earn your love, but you're protecting yourself from. So say uh, I'm just going to go to the furthest extreme because it's the easiest example to give. So say I had a coke addiction, <laughs> not the pop, the in the nose, not the mouth, that one. Katie's laughing. (laughs) So, if I had a coke addiction, and and uh, I'm spending all of our money and racking up credit cards, it's healthy for Katie to say that she's no longer going to tie herself financially to me, and that um, she will maybe go uh, until I've sorted, but she'll still be loving and praying for me and. And not, uh, it, I mean, it's hard. That That's the thing. It is hard not to be hurt, but you can't be hurt. Because it's not you. That Who they are and what they're choosing to do is not who you are. And so you can't be hurt, but you can say that you're going to take yourself out of the picture and not allow them because they're going to be trying to you know, if they're stealing from you and especially if they're, if you have kids, especially like if, if, um, we had our daughters and I found myself in this predicament, which I wouldn't, but, but it's just, uh, you know, to take them and have that boundary, that's not dishonoring the person. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of times where it's like, uh, you know, if a woman is having a, a man with anger issues or sometimes we just hear in the church like these absolutely stupid things like, oh, just stay and pray. Like, oh, yeah, and have them scream and berate and uh, potentially physically harm you and your children. Like, no, that's dumb. But but to hold a boundary, to say, 
I have chosen to love you. I've brought myself into covenant with you, but I'm going to protect my physical body from harm and protect our children from the harm that your choice is causing. And again, not falling into bitterness, handing it to God, and then moving forward, that's going to be the best the best way forward and you have to have those boundaries like one of the rules like when i was busy smoking a ton of weed um katie's one rule was no doing it around the kids pretty much and and so you know that was her boundary and she didn't i think you were highly irritated Mm -hmm. but it wasn't i mean i was also very sneaky and it didn't affect me the same way it might affect other people yeah like it wasn't it wasn't obvious and I think people hear that story and they're just like oh my goodness like you know the harm he could have done and all these things and it wasn't it was very sneaky like it I don't know you would smoke weed and then you'd go. I, yeah I would pretty much smoke weed and then work out mm-hmm. like I would smoke weed in the garage where I had my weights and then I'd lift weights and then I'd go to bed <laughs> and so there was never really a time where Katie saw me uh, in that state And it was, yeah, so it was never like, never an issue around the kids. But in the times where I did, um, you know, use, use it and was like a little bit out of, out of whack around the kids and Katie saw that she would hold a hard boundary. Like go away. (laughs) Yeah, like go away. And because she didn't want my sin to hurt the kids. And so that was kind of just the way it was. And and that's a boundary and that's a good boundary. And at that point, we weren't even really following Christ. I mean, Katie was. I wasn't. <laughs> Katie Katie's always had a better, <laughs> better uh, more consistent go. Another thing, too, um, that I wanted to talk about is to have core values that align in a relationship. I, I don't know. I've, this is a, sorry, this is a total 180 degree turn. We're going the opposite direction of what we were talking about. Mm. But having a relationship, like core values aligning in a relationship, that is so important because I think we make these little concessions and have these little, it's not that you're telling your spouse a lie. It's all the things you don't say. Like if you have an expectation um, that say you're going to go to a Catholic church or something and then, but your spouse doesn't have that and they don't know that that's an expectation. Like, oh yeah, like my family went to a Catholic church, so we're just going to go to a Catholic church when we have kids and they don't know that condition that's in your mind. <laughs> that's a core value that doesn't line up and you need to expose those things way before you get married. Well, yeah, you need to communicate like even, even beyond core values, you just need to communicate. Like there shouldn't be these huge surprises when you're married. Yeah. Yeah. Coming at like, it shouldn't be like a Mr. And Mrs. Smith where, (laughs) sorry, that's not a super godly movie. I don't know if I can reference it on the podcast, but to, Two people get married and then later in the relationship find out that they were both super spies and they were hiding it from one another. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we we can't Mr. and Mrs. Smith each other in our relationships. Um, we can't, you know, have these secrets and these habits and these addictions and stuff. Like, you got to have total honesty. And it's just not worth entering into a covenant relationship if you can't have that complete honesty and 
and be moving forward and calling each other higher. Yeah, well, I think that's one of the things that expediated our dating relationship was the fact that we were really honest. And I know a lot of people were really shocked that we didn't actually date that long. It was like, what, a year of dating until we got... I think I think it was a or year engaged. and a bit. Okay. Or it was a year of dating until we got engaged. Mm-hmm. Or almost a year cuz we started dating in October, we got engaged in August. Oh. And then and then it was I don't know, 6 months or something, and then we got yeah. Anyway, like we were just really really honest and people were were weirded out that we didn't date for that long like they had this expectation that you would coast in a relationship for for maybe five seven years like you gotta have the secrets come out slowly over time i think that's how most people frame it yeah but we just like blasted each other like with our life and um you know there was no skeletons in the closet basically yeah no complete honesty about everything and even and you know and then i went through well, I guess it wasn't complete honesty because I was still <laughs> still telling lies and stuff. But but like we went through uh, a, a second time of honesty and humility for both of us. Uh, and but you just got to be you got to be on it, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. you. So just that having that forwardness and just asking because it's why would you waste your time and i see this often why would you waste your time in a dating relationship with someone who doesn't have the same core values like when you're dating especially as a christian when you're dating somebody like do you want kids how many kids do you want to have where do you want to live do you have to be close to your parents like those kind of questions seem stupid but it like don't waste your time with with somebody whose core values don't align don't waste your time with somebody who's not going to call you higher people that try to find uh women that idolize them or whatever and get into a relationship there like in the end you're coming up empty you're coming up dry because because you're not going to have you're not going to have the um the the pushing ahead the calling higher and we need that we need each other to push forward i'd say we both push each other into discipline and betterment uh and encourage each other each other in different pursuits like you're getting into some new creative things uh you really helped me with this podcast i mean you agreed to be a part of it as well so you know we're pushing each other forward in creative things and building a life together uh, but there are kind of concerns and cares. Like, for instance, I just found out that I have no work for the next however long. But we have to take that in stride. And we have agreed financially, you know, we're rain things in. Not like, and by rain things in, I mean really rain things in. Like, we won't, we probably won't even buy avocados until we find more work. Yeah, we're basically like Dutch people in our spending. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't spend a lot of money anyway. For us, balling out is like buying raspberries or something. (laughs) (laughs) That is wealth. (laughs) Yeah. Wealth is being able to buy. My brother said this and I love it. Wealth is being able to buy raspberries whenever you want. (laughs) That's what it means to be rich. (laughs) You know you've made it when you can buy a pack of raspberries whenever you want. Um, So I, you know, I would say it's been pretty comprehensive on 
our experience and we went down some rabbit holes you know this was fairly random and across the board if there's specific things you would like katie and i to have a uh conversation with katie tm tiny circle tm about uh you <laughs> just kidding it's not trademarked yeah we can uh you know comment below and uh send us an email and we would be happy to bring that topic up and kind of pick it apart a little bit from our experience but until then uh any final comments katie nope she's got nothing to say nothing to say all right well it sounds like our toddler's waking up from her nap mm-hmm. and we have to go back and do our jobs in united togetherness not putting our value in one another but placing our value in our value through jesus christ and moving forward from that place and yeah now i'm just preaching to the choir you guys have already heard all our points thanks for listening guys i hope you enjoyed it i hope this was helpful to you have a great evening or morning or afternoon or wherever you happen to be we will talk to you again next time bye bye